Hey, Phil, thank you so much for joining me today on the Christina Talks podcast. I'm so excited to have a have a chat with you. I think we, it's going to be quite a chilled out chat, I think. But yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to this one. It's been um, a while, so warming up. <laughs> I know. And um, actually, that's something we should talk about. We should talk about. But before, before we talk about... Um, delays in people organising themselves, getting their podcast episodes recorded. Yes. Um, and keeping momentum and that sort of stuff. But before we do that, obviously I know you, but the people listening to this don't. So why don't you give us the give us the introduction? What's what's the Phil Burgess story? Right. Without giving away my age, I think maybe that's a starting point. But um, historically I've been a an IT consultant. So I've been working in the IT industry for about 27 years, I think it is. He said, not trying to give his age away. Um, but I did that coming out of university, uh, obviously in mid early to mid 90s, um, where I was a building surveyor. So I went into a completely different industry after completing my degree. I decided it wasn't for me. Um, didn't like standing outside on tall buildings in windy weather. Um, so I became interested in technology really at that point and and uh, got interested in making a career in in the IT industry. So yeah, that that's really a bit of a background to me, but obviously things progress over time, interests change. Um I became interested in all sorts of different things around personal development, um podcasting being another which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later um, and more recently um, I'm looking into things like business acquisition so again something else that's relevant I think or I believe to to your own interests and, and uh, HR and recruitment and so forth. Absolutely absolutely so 27 years in a sector where Everything's constantly innovating. You must yes. have seen a few things over the years, seen some sort of real changes. and Yeah, very much so. So if you can imagine going back that far, it really was the advent of the home computer and people beginning to get computers in offices on, on everybody's desk. Um, and, and yeah, the, the changes since then have been quite dramatic. So um, moving into more of an internet world, things like smart devices and phones and iPads and everything we seem to be reliant on these days, they just weren't even considered then. Um, I mean, I, I love the world of things like Netflix and streaming and Sky or whatever you might, might want. Um, so technology has moved on a, a massive rate and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. And of course, the, the benefit for somebody working in that industry is that there's always something new to learn. Um, it never stops. You're, you're never going to be doing the same thing to, you know, next week as you were last week, um, because because you have to evolve, you have to change, you have to learn. So continuous learning has always been a part of that that career journey, if you like. Absolutely. And I guess that's, I mean, is that one of the things that kind of spurred you to, because you, you have a podcast, yep. the, um, the IT Career Energizer, isn't it? It that's is, your, that's right. Your so, first podcast. Indeed, yes. So that came about four and a half years ago, I think, when I first started thinking about doing it. And we can thank somebody I'm sure we both know, um, Rob Moore. Um, it's one of those instances where an email appears in your inbox um, from somebody else I knew. I didn't know who Rob Moore was at the time, but it was announcing that Rob had launched this brand new thing called a podcast, The, the Entrepreneur, or sorry, The Disruptive Entrepreneur even. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I had this app on my phone, which I'd never used. So <laughs> I went in and found out what it was, listened to a few episodes, thought this is interesting. Um, I found a couple of other ones that I was interested in. Uh, there's a guy called John Lee Dumas, who mm -hmm. you may well have heard of, does Entrepreneurs yeah. on Fire. He was a very good one to listen to. And that really sort of piqued my interest. So um, I, yeah, I followed Johnny Dumas for a little while, uh, found out what he does, um, learned about his podcasting and the way he goes about doing that, um, and learned from him. Um, and then subsequently, um, Rob Moore decided he was going to do his um, 
podcast mastermind and and training course and because i've been doing it on my own i signed up for the uh the training course um got to meet lots of other people interested in doing podcasting and yeah haven't really looked back and yeah so the the podcast now has already passed its 300th episode which i did couple of months ago I think it was Um, I I mean when we first talked it was just I think you were literally you were like 301 or 306 yeah that's right it it probably was um so yeah I've I've met some incredible people and one of the great benefits of doing it is that you meet so many people you would never have spoken to had you not had a podcast in the first place so uh unlike a lot of other people I think I really started my podcast because it was something I wanted to do in addition to my my day-to-day consulting and it was some another way of expanding my my network and, and learning more from other people um so yeah there, there are so many different reasons why you could or should start a podcast and for me that was the driver and as i say i've met so many people most of them i haven't even met face to face it's typically been an audio only podcast and yeah just just it's amazing how many people will give out their time just to talk to you and and tell you about their careers and what they've done and so forth so yeah my 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 podcast is very formulaic in a way because i have a very standard set of questions which i ask people but it but it draws out stories and information and different perspectives and so forth about careers in technology so if anybody's listening and wants to find out a little bit about different different roles and aspects of tech and how to build a career yeah the it career energizer podcast as i say 300 plus episodes now there's some great people in there a lot of people you would never have heard of but they are very big in their field they're typically speakers they go to conferences they network a lot so yes it's a great resource for people to look at awesome what's the the kind of the the you know the the guests that just so there was there's one particular episode, and I won't say which one, but there's one particular episode I was so excited about this this guy that I was into because it's like you kind of like you go wow you know yeah. just someone that you just like you you're just like I can't believe I'm getting to do it. and it's like fangirl <laughs> kind of thing. So yes. who who was who was that for you? What's that like flagship episode for you? There are a few. So um, very early on, I reached out to a guy um, who is quite big and he does personal development as well as um, coaching of developers, a guy called John Sommers. He's based out in the US. Um, He does all sorts of things. He's a a bit of a bodybuilder as well. Um, And I managed to get him really early on. I approached him and told him about this brand new podcast I was thinking of doing and would he be interested in being a guest? And he was very, yeah, great. Love to do it. And so I got him on for my very first episode, which I launched right at the beginning, which was fantastic to do that sort of thing. So it's amazing who you can actually get. He may, I mean, people would not have heard of him outside of the IT arena or, or software development in particular, but people who are there will, will probably have heard of him. So he's quite a big, big name to get early on. And I approached him again when I was coming up to my 100th episode, and I asked him if he would actually reverse turn the tables and be the the host and interview me as the guest effectively so he did that for my 100th episode which was a nice way of doing it so given it was a formulaic approach it was quite quite easy for him to be the the host because he knew what to expect and what to ask and so forth so that was good fun to do but there have been some good ones I mean the software development going back into what we were discussing at the beginning 27 years is a long time and things do evolve and change and very much the way software is now developed has changed dramatically and there's this thing called the agile manifesto which came about just over 20 years ago and it was very much a group of guys getting together and saying surely we can do this better and i've got a number of the guys who are involved in that to be guests on the podcast and that is quite an achievement really so there's a guy called Kent Beck who's very big he was a great guy to talk to um and one of the other ones which was really good in terms I didn't know this at the time but in just um approaching people who are good at speaking there's a guy called um I'll get it right because it's it's a slightly odd name he's called Kevlin Henney and he is very engaging and to find people who are like that who you can just by interviewing them and, and talking to them, you you feel that, I don't know what it is, they, they're very engaging, they have that sort of a quality or ability um, to be interesting in no matter what they say and how they, how they, how they convey their words. And he was 
brilliant. I really enjoyed talking to him and I'm hoping I'll get him back on at some point in the future. So it's difficult to pick one because there are so many great interviews and so many great people who have given up their time to do so. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, trying to, I mean, literally, I've, I've, I'm very, very early days in my podcast journey. I think this, this is probably episode, I don't know, 43, something like 42, 43. Yeah. And it's funny, in those early stages, you're like, I'm in double digits now. And then you're like, you're going <laughs> yeah. like, oh, 30. And kind of like, yeah. I almost missed 40. I was like, oh, well, I'm like, I'm on 41. Like, I missed 40. And now I'm thinking, oh, you know, 50s around the corner, it'll be 100 before I know it. And and it's like you, you go through all these little um, milestones. Yeah. So I imagine getting to 300 episodes, you kind of think like, what's the next milestone? What's the next milestone? Yes. But you went, I know what I'll do. I'll launch a second podcast instead. <laughs> I thought it's yeah. wrong with you. Why did you do that to yourself? Well, yeah, you say that. So, there, so I've actually, I, for the IT career energizer podcast, I've taken a break because of other things that have happened. So I released the last one a couple of weeks ago and um, took a bit of a break from it. And I'm starting to record new episodes for a new podcast, which is going to be called Transform Your Career. So the the difference between the two is primarily that the first podcast is very much focused on interviewing people about their careers and, and sort of extracting tips and advice and so forth in, in that sort of passive manner. Whereas the new one is going to be very much focused on providing more of a how-to approach to developing skills. So it'd be much more focused and give people the ability to take away knowledge and information that they can then apply to their own careers and help them to progress their own careers and 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 build skill sets and so forth so it's got a bit of a bit a bit of a different dynamic i suppose in terms of the way it's going to be done and the purpose behind it so i've already interviewed some great people talking about things like public speaking um using linkedin how to promote your or grow your profile so there's all sorts of um potential in there for some fantastic episodes i'll be doing a combination of interviews and solos as well so there'll be information from me directly uh, or things i've been interested in and developing my own career and my own interest in career development which has been something that i've done pretty much from the start i've always been involved in building teams and helping people to grow their careers so that's always been there in the background and this is just a different way of bringing that to the fore and providing information to people so hopefully they can implement what I've learned and what other people that I'm getting onto the show have uh, learned. So and, and is this is this for anyone is this for kind of early careers people that are like looking to progress is it is it IT sort of tech sector specific? Yeah so it's not tech sector specific so I wanted to sort of detach or, or separate the two so the IT career energizer will continue um, I've already lined up some more guests so there'll be another series of uh, episodes going out uh, but this one is more generic in terms of its, its broader appeal across sectors um, in terms of I'm just trying to lose my track of thought then. In in terms of where where it's going, I think it's going to be quite different. And it and it's not aimed at individuals at a particular point in their career. It's more about how to develop skills generically, I suppose. So the public speaking is a good example. So um the guy I interviewed, um a guy called Andy O'Sullivan, who you may well have come across. Um we talk about various things from beginning your career. So, for example, attending a meeting and, and you know, being able to participate and, and you know, voice your opinion in a, in a group of people who you may never have met in the past could be a starting point for you to start that sort of public speaking um journey but also then there's the, the the far end if you like of the scale where you're standing on a stage and presenting to 300 people which is obviously a, a different skill set but it does start from building that confidence right at the you know from just talking to a few people and presenting your ideas so yeah is hopefully it'll be something for everybody um in terms of their careers it won't be a podcast that's for everybody but but uh i don't think what there is ever one podcast that's uh a perfect solution for everybody no absolutely 100% agree with that um in terms of the like I said that you know the 
the, the sector you've spent almost 30 years in, it's it's a sector where it must must have been quite a battle to sort of, you know, stay ahead of the game, compete with your peers, that kind of thing. So when we're, when we're looking at sort of, you know, that trans, you know, going through a transformation process, if you like, career-wise and that personal development, all, all that kind of stuff, what, what are the... What are the kind of the biggest challenges that you think that that people come across? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. So I, I think it it probably isn't necessarily the same as it was um, when I started out in my career. So typically, I think we were still in the the era where people joined a company and you made a career within the company, um, and you and. And the, the challenge you had was obviously if you wanted to move up through the ranks, as it were, you had to progress in the right way. You you had to be um, the right fit for the company. I think as much as anything else, you had to be the you know the nominated person, if you like, to come through the ranks. Um, so you had to demonstrate your your ability and your skill, and also build that sort of network within the company that that gave you that ability to move. I think it's quite different now. People tend to grow their careers more by moving to another company than they do staying within one organization. So it's quite different. You need to look at your your skills and develop them develop them for you, if you like, in terms of what you want to do and how you want to move and, and so forth. So I think people are less tied to um, the companies, but I think that's also reflected in some of the way companies look after their their employees because they tend to now be less um, focused on looking after the individual as a complete person, but more about how their career can benefit the company and the skill sets they need for that particular company. So, again, the dynamics have changed. So, I, I think it's it's now more about looking after your own career. So, I think people have to take more ownership of their own career rather than relying on the organization that they work for to give them the right direction and and coaching yeah i, I think you know as you know I, I work with a lot of recruiters and the agency side but you know that sometimes i'm help i'm working with them working with their clients with talent acquisition and, yep. and in-house recruitment teams and there is yeah this massive massive shift and, and focus on you know EBP, employer value proposition, yep. employer brand. It's everything is about culture. It's not necessarily about what the salary is. It's about actually what environment are we providing people? What what are the perks that, that come along with it that are not necessarily monetary? So I think there's a shift in people, almost that kind of definition of what success looks like career-wise yes. is changing a lot. Yeah. I think the other thing about success and what it looks like is different for everybody as well so some people are monetary driven some people are benefits driven some people are you know what what is a career going to do for me driven and there, there are all sorts of aspects to it um, and it's usually a combination of all of those factors that make a difference um, but I think it is very much down to the individual to define what it is for them that that is success and therefore once they understand what that is and they can it will help them understand what they need to do to progress their career in the right direction awesome awesome so let's talk a little bit about um your career and kind of kind of bring it more to sort of what what you've been working on recently and when you introduced yourself you kind of mentioned your sort of you know, looking at um, sort of, you know, mergers and acquisitions and, and <laughs> yes. things like that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's this is quite a, an interesting thing to get into. I think a lot of people, they have that dream of owning a business and building yeah. a business and they don't necessarily yeah. think about the exit. But whereas you're kind of like, come on, guys, let's get this exit sorted. Yeah, it's a little bit different. So um, I'm not going to be one of those people who buys a business to run it if you know what I mean so I, I don't intend to be an operational person when it comes to investing in, in a company but what we're looking at doing so it's not just me I've just made that clear <laughs> but <it's>, um, <laughs> we, we're getting together with what we're looking at is um, a combination of recruitment and training and HR um, companies that we want to potentially bring together as a small group that can provide 
a service, a sort of combined set of services, if you like, um, to different industry sectors. So it's something I've been um, thinking about doing probably for a year or so, maybe more, maybe even longer. Um, but it wasn't really until the beginning of this year I decided that, that now's the time we need to get this get this moving. So um, over the last few months, I've been having conversations with various different um, owners of, of recruitment companies about potential potentially acquiring their businesses and bringing them together into a group. So some some conversations are at quite an advanced stage. Other ones are just starting, um, but it is a continual process. Um, but it's been great. It's been really enjoyable. <laughs> so. I mean, I, I'm like, I love working with recruit. Like, absolutely. I, I, I've, I've never, you know, I'm not a recruiter myself. I, I can't say, yeah. oh, yeah, I've done the job and et cetera, et cetera. But I have worked with independent recruiters for the last eight years in in promoting their businesses i've worked with them you know doing the candidate attraction piece and you know some of the recruiters have fantastic relationships with going through covid some of the, the conversations that i've had it's you know it's yeah. it's it's been a tough time out there um you know luckily recruitment is a sector that tends to bounce back quite quickly after sort of recession and things like that so it's so it's all very positive but it's interesting when i talk to a recruiter about their marketing strategy if I, when I'm having those initial conversations quite often the question I ask is you know you know where are we going basically what's the exit strategy yep. and it's you know trying to market your business and positioning your brand in a certain way so it is saleable I think it's something that people don't necessarily think about so like what would what would your advice be? What would you be looking for in a business, in a recruitment business that you're looking to acquire? Okay, so I want—I don't want to give too much away. So no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm thinking like advice and guidance, and yeah. You know. So I mean, to, to be honest, I think it, it doesn't really matter what sector you're looking at. You're 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 looking for a business that you can potentially um take on where you can identify potentially if it has the ability to grow or build or you can you can utilize it in some way that maybe complements some of the things you already do so for me that that's the starting point um what we're looking to do as i, as I mentioned was bring together companies across um sorry i thought i lost connection there it, it did break a little bit. I was just holding the Has face. It changed. Uh, no, you you just it broke it almost like it lost signal for a moment. But you're back now. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um. So yeah, well, we're bringing companies together. So it's going to be sort of HR recruitment and training. Um. And the intention is obviously that they can leverage off each other in terms of the way they operate so you can cross pollinate the businesses or the, the the leads and so forth and and business growth that way um but the long term of course is is maybe over a four or five year period bring those bring those companies up in value to a point where we where we're ready to sell the group to an investor in the future so there is a longer term goal but the the enjoyment is going to be actually bringing it all together and building it and then so again, I know, I know what will happen inevitably. You'll we'll get to the end of the journey, completely exit, and then we'll think, "What now?" So, <laughs> but that's entrepreneurial spirit, isn't it? That that's yes. the yeah. you know that that that's I think that is the the the, the what what's the word like the woe of an entrepreneur? It's like you, you're you're never yeah. quite happy. There's always going to be that next thing. Indeed, there'll be that that sense of loss. I'm sure at the end of it, because you built this thing up, and then you let go, and it's somebody else's, and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, there may be money in the bank, which is great, but yeah, there's a, there's a flip side to it. And I'm sure if you speak to any business owner or entrepreneur who's done this, they will probably tell you exactly the same thing. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, is is there? Yeah, the reason for going in this direction is it just links to your interest in sort of you know building careers, that kind of the growth, and therefore it, it yeah. makes sense that way. Or, or is there anything sort of more specific than that? There wasn't. No, it was really about what I was interested in, and just a different way of of I suppose I'm trying to think of the right word, sort of 
is the right word. I've got time side. I, <laughs> I, I do that all the time. I'm like, there, there's yeah. a perfect world. There's a perfect word for this. I haven't got a yeah. clue what it is. <laughs> yes, exactly. There is a perfect well, word for no it. No one will know. But it, but it was a different way of maybe sort of using that interest, if you like, um, and expanding it. Um, so obviously things like the podcast and, and so forth are one way of sort of presenting that interest. Um, and this is just a different way of, of manifesting. That's the word. There you go. I knew it was in there somewhere. Um, okay. But but yes, that, that was, it's just a different way of manifesting the interest and maybe taking it in a slightly different direction um, because the interest has always been there. But as you said, as you said just now, that that HR recruitment in particular does tend to bounce back relatively quickly. It's, it's one of those um, real peaks and troughs industries as well. So when, when we hit a recession, it just dies because nobody's recruiting, they're just letting people go. And then on the flip side, of course, when things start to pick up, everybody wants to hire. So you, you go through those, those peaks and troughs and ups and downs very much so. So I'm, I'm hoping um, that we're on a bit of an up and then we will be for a few years. But of course, um, everybody's, you know, the doom mongers always talking about the next recession um, and be prepared and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, it could happen. Um, but strong businesses are strong businesses. So you, yeah, look in depth at what you're, you're buying. If we go back to the, the business acquisition side of it, we look at accounts over the last three or four trading years to understand the stability of the company, look at the balance sheet, go into quite in-depth um, discussions with the owner early on just to get an understanding of the, the validity, if you like, from our perspective of whether, whether it's a viable acquisition. Um, if we get to the point of saying, yes, we, we're interested, we then obviously go through the process of understanding what we feel it's worth to us. And then, of course, there's a negotiation process. So um, all that happens even before you get to the point where you start doing due diligence and you obviously dive in in great depth about how the company operates, what it does, who their customers are, you know, their credit worthiness and, and so forth. So there's lots of uh, interesting things to get to get involved in and you can't do it on your own either it really is a case of you need advisors accountants lawyers uh, yeah. and so forth this is a minefield <laughs> yeah when we went through um when we went through the management buyout here and i i i purchased green umbrella it was a i i, I didn't have any of that stuff i did it all on my own okay but but I've been working here for you know I've ah. for like five six years previously. Yeah. It was you know all the stuff you would do from a due diligence perspective. Like most of the stuff had my signature on it. The only thing <laughs> I, I didn't really have was um, yeah. The only thing I didn't have was the only thing I didn't have already was essentially access to the bank account. Yep. So it was kind of like all those things you would look at, you know, understanding the client base, understanding the people in the business, the strength of the brand, it's, you know, yeah. all the contracts that you've got in place and, you know, all the, the, you know, the pipeline, all that sort of stuff. I can't, I knew it inside out already. Yes. So I can't imagine going through that process with a business I hadn't operated in. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's just so, there's so, so much stuff that like, even now is it's stuff that I just know, but it's not stuff I would have even thought of asking the question about. Yeah, I can imagine. Yes. So, yeah, you've got to have a good set of advisors. I mean, you need to, obviously, you know your business and therefore you know what other, your competitors' issues and problems will potentially be. You know theoretically how they're going to operate so if you did want to consider buying a competitor or somebody in a very similar field you know what questions to ask absolutely but, but of course there's the the accountancy the you know the financial due diligence of the background which you i mean yes you can read a, an account you can read a um a balance sheet but of course it's not really the detail behind whether a, a business is is uh viable in the long term or whether they're actually doing well you really need to dive into the accounts and of course an accountant will be able to do that for you so mm 
Yes. I'm, I'm, in, I'm impressed, though. You managed to do that yourself. <laughs> Very good. I, honestly, I, I just, um, the, on, in all honesty, the only help I had, the, the terms of business, I, a lawyer friend of mine, I, I wrote, I put the terms of business together and I got a lawyer to check that. Yep. That's, the, oh, that's the only thing. The rest of it is, yeah, I just... But then I'm a bit bullish with things. It's like once I've, sometimes it takes me a long time and I overthink and I overthink and I overthink. But once I've decided I'm doing something, I'm there and it's happening. Yeah. Like no hanging around. Um, in terms of growing a business, here's a question for you then that I it's come up now in conversation. It's not one I prepared. In terms of growing businesses, mm. so some people will opt to grow through looking at things like pricing and clients and you know increasing client value new business all that sort of stuff and other people kind of go right I'm going to grow through acquisition there's someone at the minute that I'm aware of that is they've got a really like a, a really aggressive growth plan and it's all about um, you know they know I want to buy this many businesses in the next 12 months essentially yep. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you know, having to deal with all of that and the, the implementing change in those businesses, the constant shift in structure. Like, for me, that's really scary. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what's like, what's your, like, what what do you think is a sense of, uh, maybe not sensible, what, like, what's your preferred way to grow? So you probably guess it's, it's going to be acquisition. So th that is the way we're looking at it. We are we are growing by acquisition. That that, that is the foundation of what we're doing. Um, and we're not going to do it all in one go. We're probably going to do three companies this year. Um, and then next year, we'll look at consolidation and work out how the companies relate to each other and you know what's the best way to position them as a group. We're not going to change the brands initially because of, obviously you want to buy a business that's established as a brand and therefore it trades off its brand. You don't want to damage that by by changing the name of the company, for example. Um, but we'll be looking at what we can bring together in terms of the commonalities. So things like, like the um, financial management. Of course, you don't necessarily need three different um, people doing that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you can bring, you can sort of make, you can leverage you know, the best of each of those businesses and bring the, the common threads together, if you like, and, and obviously make savings as a result of doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so that will be the plan next year. And then obviously the year after we'll move into phase two and we'll look to acquire more companies and bring them in. So it's that sort of bring them in, assess them, refine them and move on to the next set yeah. of companies. It's that sort of approach. Yeah, I mean, with the so if we if we bring that sort of round to careers and career progression and that kind of thing, it's a I think you could look at it, if you're an employee, you kind of look at it and it, it can seem a bit almost like a bit scary. But actually, if you've got the right processes in place and and really solid plans, I imagine actually it could be a really exciting time. I said for me, yeah. it was different because it was my team, the the people I it was people I'd recruited. Yes. So again, I didn't. I, I got off really easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I suppose bringing lots of people in as well. I mean, the people factor is a big factor, um, particularly when buying businesses. Um, it's something I'm consciously aware of, mainly probably because I've dealt with a lot of you know, recruitment through my own career, I've been obviously responsible for teams and departments and, and bringing people in and looking after people's careers. So I'm always conscious that really the, the, the whether, you're, whether you're a department within a larger organization or whether it's your own business, it's all about the people. And without the people, there is no business. So yeah, it is, it is central to everything in my, my view anyway. Awesome, awesome. Cool, okay, so... I'm going to go back to the podcast stuff, if that's okay. okay. We're kind of going to yeah, go yeah. sort of full circle on this. So we've talked about the two podcasts and who they're for and what, why, they've, why they've come about and, and that sort of stuff. And I, I think to achieve what you've, what you've done with the, um, with, with the IT Career Energizer podcast to get to that point and maintain that momentum yep. is, is absolutely fantastic. And like I said, at 40-odd episodes in, I'm kind of thinking – 
you know, I've had a couple of wobbles momentum wise. I'm not going to yep. lie. You know, we talked about <laughs> doing this episode a little while ago when I've just, you know, let life and business and everything else get in the way. So we've been delayed making this recording. So, and I guess it's the same, whether it's a podcast or whether it is career wise, actually, what tips do you have for, you know, kind of keeping momentum in what you're doing, keeping yep. pushing forward? I'm, I'm very process driven. And I think that's partly because of the industry I've always worked in. It is very much, um, you know, you have to do A before you do B before you do C. And you need to do all those things to get to Z. So um, for me, podcasting, the first thing I did was put a lot of process in, in place, um, including how I go about engaging with potential guests. I've got a whole process is reasonably automated now I, I trigger it off with one email um, to a potential guest and they follow a process and then I get a, a booking in my calendar and an acceptance and it triggers out more emails to them and so forth so this whole mechanism the more automated you can get and of course that that's again my background um, the easier it is so for me, the, the effort is really in researching and finding appropriate guests for the show and approaching them. And once that initial email has gone out, I can send out a dozen in one one afternoon, for example. And um, within a couple of days, I'll have half a dozen um, people booked in to do recordings with. So it, it's just a good way of doing it. But you've got to put the time aside to do the research and find people. So that that's the best thing. And I also um, have pretty standard times of when I do the podcast interviews, I typically do them in the evening. And, and the main reason for that is because I have a global podcast, really. It's not very UK specific. Um, my biggest, um, if you look at the demographics of where people listen, California is where I get the majority of my listeners. And of course, that's because it's Silicon Valley yeah. IT related. So but my guests span the globe. So I get people in Australia. So I often interview them at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning because it's a Saturday evening for them. And then if I'm doing uh, interviewing people in the US and Canada, I'm typically doing it in the evening UK time. And I do a lot of UK ones in the evening as well. But but um, I do set aside specific times every week where I make available. And of course, people can then book those specific times. So I know when I'm going to be doing it. Um, so it's, it's all organized, process driven. I think that's the key. And of course, the big thing, which I did, I think I did the first 70-ish episodes myself. So that the whole lot, you know, everything from uh, getting guests, recording it, editing it, scheduling it, putting up the website, you know, putting out posts and, and so forth. I did everything myself. Um, but I've now, of course, I've outsourced a lot of that. Um, and getting somebody else to do it for you, oh, what a difference. Um, so it frees up a lot of time. I used to spend typically, I don't know, four hours on a Sunday um, preparing a, a 20 to 30 minute podcast All episode to go out. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Everything, the posts, the notes, the scheduling, that would take typically three to four hours um, quite regularly. And I did that for a year and a half before I thought somebody else could do this <laughs> so, yeah I'm yes. I'm given the job that I do and all the social media and the algorithms and you know different bits of software and everything else I'm really not a techie person okay like, really like really not yeah. so the thought of me editing a podcast is just like it's just, <laughs> it was never never ever gonna happen right um, so I, yeah I'm I'm really grateful for the for the guys that that edit mine um, but it's interesting because I, I'm looking at other bits of the process and actually how how I can make that slicker to, to help me keep that momentum. And it is it's find, finding the finding the guest is really tough because it's I mean I, I, I like to have like guest number one for it to be like someone that's like really awesome like that's that just makes like guest number two really hard to find. I'm like constantly like okay yeah. so this 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 has been like the the best person I've had so far who can I find that's better than them you know yeah. and I like always kind of like trying to trade it and I and I've, I've I think that's what caused my first block actually yeah that, that's interesting because I don't necessarily think that the what you consider to be the best guest won't be the same as somebody else who's listening to the podcast 
because everybody will have their own favorite and you'll find a guest that you may not think was as good as you thought there'll be you know a large number of people who thought that was a great episode so um i wouldn't get too hung up about that but as long as you can find people who can provide the interest and the knowledge that's appropriate to your audience i think that's the key to it yeah although as a marketer i'm really selfish really you know and i've asked you that who's your podcast for you know who's who is the audience and i kind of you know created an opportunity with this for you to you know people listening we go oh that podcast for me brilliant go and subscribe to, to the podcast you know go listen to phil but this podcast i'm right from the get-go it has always been about i want to talk to interesting people it's, yep. it's all about me it's like yes. i i want to i want to spend an hour once a week or you know four hours a month kind of actually hanging out with people that i wouldn't have got to talk to anyway that have got a story to tell or they can talk about something i don't know a lot about yep. and it, i spend all day every day talking about social media that i kind of know inside out <laughs> so i want to yes. you know i'm like yeah talk talk to me about mna talk to me about you know the the, the you know the tech world 27 26 and a half years ago and and that sort of stuff because it, it is there's so many interesting people out there yeah there are exactly everybody's got their own their own history and story to tell so yeah why not i mean like you i started my podcast because it was something i wanted to do it was something i was interested in um and being able to sort of reach out to people as i said that i never would have spoken to was fantastic so <laughs> um yeah yeah really enjoyed doing it and, and that was the reason for doing it and i've all, and yeah getting to 300 episodes i think um i mean i, I could never have thought that I would get that far um I was struggling to get to double figures <laughs> so, um, at the beginning because you you just see these things as big hurdles and they're not really it's because if you're if you repeat and continue doing the same thing you will get there because it's it is a process mm-hmm. um and I think I don't know if you know the stat but it's um the average podcast last seven episodes so the fact you've got to 40 plus you're you're way ahead of the game <laughs> so, i know it's mad isn't it you get all that yeah. effort and people just kind of give give up so easily that's yeah that's, it does seem that way i think maybe people are looking for a you know an instant um success if you like they're going to be suddenly in the apple um podcast charts and hundreds and thousands of listeners it doesn't really work like that um it's something that, that builds over time and you will attract new listeners as, as you as you go people will rec- recommend it when they listen to a good episode and that's how your audience grows so um yeah and it could, if you're quite niche and mine is to a certain extent niche it won't grow dramatically but it will continually grow grow mm-hmm. and that, that's the great thing about it and i enjoy it that's the main thing I just think the the great thing with podcasts, and I say this about live streaming as well. Actually, you never know who's listening. Yeah, you know, That's and, and, and and it's whether you're getting tens or hundreds or thousands of people listening to a podcast. You you know, it only takes one person to actually listen and go. Oh, yeah. This is someone I want to do something with. Pick up the phone, and whether it's there, you know they're inviting you on their podcast or they want to do some business with you perhaps or whatever it might be um yeah i, I just think it, it's it's massively powerful from that perspective yeah and you know I, I love the ego trip that you get when you when you tell people you've got a podcast they're like Ooh, you know yeah. it's like all of a sudden i'm really dull but when i tell people i've got a podcast they clearly think i'm yeah. interested i'm not I'm very like, good at that I'm terrible. I don't tell a lot of people about it. So, I'm, you know, we talk about social media and that's, that's very much what you do. I'm dreadful. I'm terrible at social media. So I'm not a good one for building my brand, as it were, and letting people know. I mean, I, I typically used to put out posts about the episodes, but that again, that sort of tailed off. Um, and I probably need to do more of that sort of thing. Um just to let people know it's there but because i'm not really driving it in that way it's always been something i've enjoyed doing and if people listen great that's that's fine but maybe it'll change for the new podcast which has got more of a a purpose behind it if you like um and just going back to the, the discussion we had earlier about guests so um yeah finding guests at the beginning you you get you 
combination, don't you? Typically, yeah, a lot of people say, yeah, great, I'll be, I'll be interested. You get some people who say, oh, um, contact me in a few months' time. I'm not. I'm quite busy now, and you know, you 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 gauge the interest that you have, and some people will just turn you down flat or won't even answer. So that that tends to be what happens early on, but it does change because what starts to happen, and this happens a lot now, I get emails continually asking. To you know presenting people who'd like to be on the podcast so either people directly are approaching me and say can i be a guest on your show or there's a lot of podcast um agents out there mm -hmm. who represent people who are maybe writing a book or uh yeah, you know doing something stuff. exactly and i get inundated now with people who want to come on so finding guests isn't quite as difficult as it used to be um but i think that's that's a reflection of the fact that podcast is quite well established and has has a good you know broad listener um base now but uh yeah, yeah that you'll find if that hasn't already happened it will <laughs> You know, I absolutely, I, yeah, I've had, I've had a few already actually. There's, yep. there's, there's, there's like one person that I know that they're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have to edit this bit out, maybe. It will leave it in. Um, there's one person <laughs> that keeps asking if they can come on, and I've like, I've seen them speak at events, they're really dull. Oh dear. And I'm like, I'm yeah. like, I'm just, mm, no, thank you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a speaker really i mean i do the podcast and it was one it was one way of being able to practice talking to people and particularly when you haven't met them um and i and i know we did a, a call a few weeks ago just to have a bit of a chat about it before we we did the podcast but i don't do that because mine is quite formulaic so what i do i approach people and um i've got a, a page on my website and i point them to the page and they can see exactly what they're going to get um and I spend maybe five or 10 minutes at the beginning of the uh, the scheduled appointment, if you like, for the interview. We just go through the basics, have a bit of a conversation. Make, I make sure that they're happy and understand how the process works. They've listened, they've read the questions and so forth, and we're off. And to be able to do that, um, when I was first doing this really early on, I was so nervous because I'd never met these people. Some of them are quite, you know, significantly more senior than I was within the within the IT field. And I was just, you know, asking them to talk about their careers. Um, so the nerves were huge, particularly early on, but I've got a lot better with that. And I'm not a natural speaker. I don't go out and, you know, do events and speak on stage or or present generally. I, do, I mean, I do in my day-to-day -day job. I'm, I'm in meetings all the time and presenting to stakeholders and so forth as part of being a consultant. But you know, standing in front of a an audience and, and talking about a subject and, and so forth. I, I'm not a great one for doing that, no. <laughs> so so I, I think this this is where I'm loving podcasts because I, I do quite a bit of that, but I think that my style is even when I'm there doing it myself, yep. my style is still quite conversational. Right. Yeah. The great thing about, I mean, I talk way too much, way, way, way too much as, as the person running the interview, right? but it's one of the nicest thing about the podcast is actually it's not on me to speak. No, that's right. Exactly. And so for, for me, I mean, very early on, my, oh dear, if I look back and you look at the way your podcast evolves, because of the way mine's structured, I would typically ask a question and then the guest would provide the answer and I'd I wouldn't quite go, oh, great, thanks, and then move on to the next question, but it did feel like that. Um, but, of course, now it's far more conversational. You are you ask a question, maybe in a, in a less sort of less formal manner, I suppose. It's more conversational. And then the, the, the response is more conversational as well and allows you then to pick up on aspects of what they said and ask a follow-up question and so forth. So that I've definitely developed a skill to do. Um, which, yeah, if you compare episode, you know, one, two, three with episodes 301, 302, whatever they might be, they are vastly different in terms of the the way I present myself uh, as the presenter of the show. Although if you listen to the beginning, they all sound the same with the intro. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, I think, yeah, you, it's a, again, it's a skill. It's something you learn mm -hmm. and you develop and the more you do it, the better you get. So, yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Right, Phil, let's draw it to a close. I've take, taken up loads of your time already, which I'm, I'm really grateful for you joining me this evening. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so that we, 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 can, we can have this little chat. I knew, like, you know, this is, you're like, you're just like cool and calm. And that's why you don't have to do these little meetings before your podcast. Whereas I'm a bit leery and it can be a little bit scary at times. So I just need to make sure people are ready for me. Yeah. So that, that's the difference. But if people wanted to continue to hear this wonderful, calm voice and yep. connect with you and check out the, like, when's, when is Transform Your Career launching? And like, well, how that's a good question. That's a brilliant question. So I keep pushing the date out which is really annoying. Um, but I, what I did for the IT Career Energizer podcast was I actually announced a date on social media and therefore I couldn't miss it. So <laughs> I might have to go and do that myself. So um, this is one of these things that's been dragging on far too long. Um, so I'm not going to announce a date now. You nearly pushed me into it, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be soon, I think, is the answer to that. But in the meantime, if you are interested and you want to listen into the IT Career Energizer podcast, it's available as every podcast is on, on the Apple uh, podcast app. So if you've got an iPhone, you can find it very easily. It's available on, on most, of the, if not all, of the other platforms as well. So Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And of course, there's a there's a website as well, which is itcareerenergizer.com. It's spelt with a Z, which is a bit unusual. Um, but if you go with the S, I think it gets redirected anyway. Um, and you'll find details of of the majority of the episodes, but I'm doing a bit of a catch up because we did a re a relaunch of the website a year ago, and it and it dropped a load of episodes off because we had to re restructure the website. But you can listen to all the episodes directly through the website as well if you want to. So that's the best place to find out about the IT Career Energizer podcast. If you want to find out about me, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm there as Phil Burgess. Very easy to find, I'm sure. Um, and I'm also on Twitter, as is the IT Career Energizer podcast. So you can find both feeds on Twitter. Uh, I think they're the best places to find me. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Phil, once again, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.